Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. That was a different kind of weekend, wasn't it? A little more uh, college football than I was used to. Plus, you had the World Series games on top of it. An absolute classic Saturday. Good game Sunday, but an instant classic Saturday. Uh, we're going to focus on college football here this morning, though, with the Mountain West and the Big Ten now underway. And, of course, for Utah State, the Mountain West opened up with the toughest possible trip, the trip to the Blue Turf in Boise, and it didn't go well. Hey, they got a three and out on the opening drive, and then they're down 28 nothing at halftime. Pulled a couple touchdowns back. Really weird blocked punt. Boise blocking their own punt. Right it off to a season opener, I guess. Uh, but ultimately, the, the Broncos pull away again in the second half and, and win really comfortably. Now, I don't know what you picked the Aggies at this year. Some of you might have picked them 4-4. Four and four. Some pick them with a winning record, a losing record. But I think you all picked them to lose in Boise. I think the thing you're probably worried about is the offense being a no-show in the first 30 minutes. Does that say something about the offense? Big picture, or is it just the first 30 minutes of the year we're at Boise State? And, you know, you don't usually open with a conference game. You don't usually open with a conference or road game at a team like Boise State. So... I don't know. Maybe you just write it off to a weird 2020, or maybe it says something about going forward. Gary Anderson's post-game thoughts. Here's the head coach. Hey, Coach. Ryan Miller from KSL here. I'm just curious, what was said at halftime, and what do you think was the reason for you guys kind of coming back in that third quarter? Uh, there was really nothing magical said. I thought we made some adjustments, obviously, with running the football, um, with the offensive line, and the, the staff did some adjustments. Uh, you know, for a couple drives there, and we were able to uh, – at least sustain some blocks up front and, and give some good backs some creases, which was awesome to see. And we protected the passer better at times. Um, but, you know, we, we lost the battle on both sides of the line of scrimmage um, miserably most of the evening, right? And that's uh, that's all of us. That's not, that's not pointing the finger at anybody except uh, me when it comes to that. We, Boise is very physical up front on both sides of the football. Um, that showed. and uh, But I, I, I thought we came out, and, and like you said, we were able to – get ourselves back in it um, and give ourselves a chance to be able to cut it to a one score game. But obviously Boise came back and, and, you know, did what they did to, to score and um, some self-inflicted wounds um, stopped us from being able to move the ball in the first half. And uh, it was good to see him get a little mojo there to get a couple drives with some physicality of running the football, which you know, you're going to beat these guys uh, down the road. That's what it's going to take. You guys struggled with tackling in the first half. Did you see any improvement in the second half from that, from the defense? For a couple of series, um, you know, disappointed with the, the drive at the end there. Um, it was a two-score game that took, that took it to 35. And, you know, at that point, it would have taken a miracle to be able to come back. But, uh, you know, we wanted to keep going forward on fourth downs to try to establish a mentality. Uh, we need to tackle better. That is absolutely 100% correct. Um, that's kind of been a, a pattern for for a while, um, there's also some angles to the football that, that we can learn from. That uh, you know, I thought we were handling that pretty good in practice, uh, but there was three or four times where I saw the one score down. Um, I can't remember when it was so second second time second score I believe it was they uh, we took some poor angles and allowed a, a really good player to make us miss and get in the end zone. But uh, we've got to tackle better overall against good players. We've got to tackle better. Period. Coach, what's your assessment of how uh, Jason Shelley did? I have to sit back and watch the tape and evaluate it. Like it was, it was, uh, it was tough sledding in there from a protection standpoint. You know, when you got guys whistled around your ear in 1.5 seconds, uh, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime is going to have a hard time making some things happen. So there's some throws I'm sure he'd like to be able to get back. I thought he did a good time, a good. Uh, 
couple times got out of the pocket and made some nice throws, seemed to get better protection than he had uh, in the first half. And then, you know, that last drive there, it, it got poor again on him. So we've got to solve up the protection on the front to give any quarterback in the country a chance to be able to throw the ball and, and do some things effectively. And those young men are, are proud about, they're prideful, excuse me, about getting that done up front. Um, you know, again, I call it, a lot of quality players were playing out there. That's a really good-looking football team, and you can't just take credit away from them and say our guys just got to get better. It's a, they're playing against really good players, and we'll be prideful on, on working to get better um, at protecting the passer. And I think that'll help Jason, and I think Jason will continue to grow and develop as he moves through time. Coach, you said that you were going to um, bring Andrew in, you know, pretty pretty often, um, and then you brought him in in the second quarter. Was that something you had planned, or were you trying to shake things up? What was going on with that? I don't, I don't ever remember saying often. So um, the plan was to play Jason, um, and the plan was to give Andrew an opportunity. We we gave him an opportunity in the one drive in the one situation, and I, I just feel like in this game, in this particular scenario and situation, I don't think it would have uh, – number one, help the team really necessarily with Andrew going in there and, and having an opportunity to do what he'd done. And I don't think it would help an extremely young quarterback in, in that situation to be able to jump in there and, and you'll go make some, go make some plays and with the, with again, the pass rush that we're getting throwing the ball. The other thing that they did is uh, the Boise did a tremendous job of taking away our quarterback run, a quarterback read game. Um, they were athletic on the edges. They overhung us on the backside. And, you know, typically that's that's one guy less in the box that uh, when you do that and take the backer and the D end on that, uh, they mixed it up and we were able to take advantage of that a little bit in the second half. So, um, you know, again, the tremendous players on that side of the ball. And so putting Andrew in that situation and say, go run the football, which, uh, you know, he, we all know he could do that very well. That was a little bit taken away also. Can you speak on Jalen Warren a little bit and his efforts in that uh, second half? Well, he's a tough kid now. Um, he's a competitor. He's tough-minded. He works extremely hard. You know, proud of the way that um, he keep moving and kept carrying it. I hope there's, you know, there's a large number of young kids on that team tonight. And when I talked to him at the end, what I told him is nobody cares why the guy in front of you and all of a sudden is not there, is not playing. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many guys are down, how many guys are out, uh, the issues that you have and this and that. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not going to be what we care about as a team. We care about the players who aren't with us today. Um, and it's very tough for them mentally and physically to not be with us. But Jalen carried that in a great way and just basically showed a bunch of young players, you know, what it takes to prepare to be able to be in a big time division one football game and how to keep fighting and clawing and prying when it doesn't go your way. And, you know, pretty soon you have some good things go your way. So that was, uh, it was great to see, but uh, you know, not, not nearly enough on offense to give us a chance to win the game, but I was, I'm really proud of the way that Jalen played and, you know, uh, that's what I say about Jalen. Coach uh, Marcus Moore. See, he was all over the place there at times. Uh, thought he played really well for you defensively. Uh, uh, if he continues to develop like this, uh, how, how good of a season can he have? Well, Marcus is, you know, Marcus is what we need. He's got the strength. He's got the size. He's a tremendous athlete. And it's, uh, that's the expectations of what we need to see um, out of our defensive linemen as a whole at times. Now, I haven't seen the film, so I'm sure like, like any tape, when you play against a good offensive line like that, you can have your good snaps and bad snaps. But I thought he played hard, and that was the challenge for Marcus as we get through camp is, is quite frankly, is to play harder every single snap because he's a tremendous athlete. He's got, he's got enough strength to hang in there against a team like Boise and battle his tail off. And um, I hope I watch the film and, and see the same as, as, as you did, that he played um, well because that will be something great for us to be able to build on as a front. Um, 
as we continue to move forward. So he, he's a good kid. Um, he's excited to be here. And again, I think he's a young man that can deal with the competitiveness that, that he's been in and to understand that you're going to get in fistfights. Um, you know, if you're, if you're, you're going to knock these guys off, you, you, you gotta, you gotta punch them in the mouth. Um, Cause they're going to punch you in the mouth. And uh, hopefully the film says that Marcus did that. Anything else for coach Anderson? I got one more. Sorry. Can you talk about um, Bachmeyer? And I mean, I, I know you faced him before, but uh, yeah, just talk. Well, I guess you haven't, but talk a little bit about him and his performance tonight. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, offensively boys. He did, uh, you know, pretty much that we, we, we had our moments, um, you know, and, and then we uh, allowed the big plays to take place. And that's what a good quarterback does. And, and he did that. He took the check downs when they were there. And some of those checkdowns turned into big plays. And that goes back to tackling and all the things that come with it, which we need to help our kids get better at. I think he's a seasoned player. Um, he makes good decisions. Doesn't you know? Doesn't make mistakes. We we almost got him in one mistake back on a tip ball that ended up being caught by them, but he he didn't make it because they caught the ball. Um, so I think he's a, a really a good quarterback that has a lot of reps underneath him and you know plays like a savvy season seasoned veteran. Leads his team well, and uh, I'm sure he has high expectations for himself and his football team. There's Utah State head coach Gary Anderson, a guy who's gearing his team up for an opener 12 days from today. Kyle Whittingham is coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, the Utes held their last big scrimmage Saturday, uh, as you're about to hear from Kyle Whittingham as he meets with the media, expecting some more live work, but just kind of in bits and pieces, not the full-on, you know, 100-play blowout kind of deal. Uh, he's getting close to naming a college, uh, yeah, starting quarterback here for the upcoming college season, but uh, he's not going to tell us. Uh, he'll let you explain that. He does run through the defensive backs, the offensive back or the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs, a lot of the position battles and how they're shaking out. There are answers and there are also questions. Here's Kyle Winningham. Okay, uh, really good scrimmage today. Uh, big improvement from uh, last week, which needed to happen. Still not ready to play yet. Still got a, a lot of cleanup to do. Um, both sides of the ball, but. Uh, we had we made a ton of progress, and uh, <clears throat> just like last week and, and uh, throughout the week, offense uh, had the better day. That, that defense is still trying to get up to speed with all those new players, but uh, offense looked very good. Uh, wasn't perfect, never is. Uh, special teams work was was good as well. Um, that's the last extensive live work before we line up and play two weeks from today. We'll have a few live sessions uh, here and there next week, and then that will definitely be it. And uh, the next week, obviously, will be game day or game week prep, and, and away we go. So uh, feel good about where we are. We think we got some things solved today. We won't know for sure until we uh, review the tape. That's always how it is. You're never as good or as bad as you think you are until you, until you see the film and, and uh, look at what you did. But uh, pleased with, please with the work. 
it was a full day's work. We were out there for over 100 snaps and uh, got most most guys work uh, on the squad. There's a few guys that didn't get reps, but but it was a good work day overall and uh, we're positioned pretty good for uh, leading into the next two weeks. But, but like I said, we've got to take another big jump uh, this week and then uh, ready, get ready for that game on Saturday the 7th. So questions? <clears throat> First question will go to Trevor Allen with KSL Sports. Kyle, how did your quarterbacks look? I know I know you want to check out the tape, but just as you uh, observed them, and I know you're not going to name any starter, but did, did you see any any difference in them? And, and do you feel comfortable that you'll have a starter name by next week? We did feel uh, at first blush. We got to we got to uh, obviously dissect the film, but uh, we had good play from the quarterbacks. Very good play, bordering on outstanding. And uh, we'll take a good hard look at this tape and hopefully have a decision on Monday. If we need a few more days, we have that luxury. But uh, as I said a couple of days ago, Wednesday or Thursday would be absolutely the, the time that we have to come to a conclusion. But if we can get it done on Monday, then uh, that's great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Next question goes to Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Patrick Kennehan with 1280. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, without having seen the tape yet, um, are there any positions at this point that you're still kind of cloudy about? You really don't have enough clarity just yet? Yeah, I would say uh, linebacker, other than Devin Lloyd, although he didn't take any reps today for, for obvious reasons. You got, you got guys that are game ready and, and proven commodities, and, then uh, you want to be careful with how you handle them in the uh, <clears throat> fall camps scenario, which is what we're in still right now, uh, I guess, technically. But uh, the secondary also has got nothing completely solidified. We've got we've got to hone down and we've got uh, things uh, more focused than we had them prior. And, and there's fewer guys that are in the mix, but not quite exactly sure uh, how that's going to unfold. We still need work there. Uh, offensive line is starting to come together and, and we think we're we're straight there and squared away on who those guys are going to be. Uh, running backs, there's four guys that are doing a great job. Same four guys I listed last week, Wilmore, Brumfield, uh, Makai Bernard, and uh, our freshman, Ty Jordan, who did some really good things today. He's a very dynamic, explosive player. Uh, receiving core is pretty set. We got those guys uh, ironed out, as do we do the tight ends. Now the tight ends, there's an asterisk there because of if Dalton Kincaid becomes eligible, then he is definitely going to be in the mix. And if he is not eligible, then we'll proceed without him and, and go with uh, with the other guys that we got, obviously. Um, the kicker is still not settled. Punter is settled. You know, ben, ben Lennon's going to be our guy. But uh, <clears throat> place kicking is still a battle. And that battle, as I said earlier in the week, uh, or sometime last week, could go all the way up to the day before the game or the day of the game. We'll see what happens, but but they're both doing a nice job. It's just nobody is separated. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. Defensive line is pretty solidified. Uh, and that would be it. I think that's the whole, that's the whole uh, 22 guys. Kyle, just a quick follow-up. With, um, with Dalton Kincaid's eligibility kind of up in the air, has he been getting a full workload during practice? He has, and for other reasons, some of the tight ends have not been available due to getting a little bit banged up. And so uh, that has given him an opportunity to have a, a bunch of reps. And, and if he's deemed eligible, he's ready to go. He's completely ready to go. And, 
and uh, will be a part of what we're doing. Like I said, we're hoping to find out this week. We think that by the end of the week, uh, we should know, which will give us a week lead into the game of uh, where to focus those tight end reps. Next up is Patrick Kennehan, followed by Dirk Facer with the Deseret News. When you go into a training camp without a definitive st uh, starter, Kyle, what does that eventual winner need to show you in order to win the job? Are you talking about quarterback or overall? Yes, excuse me, quarterback. Quarterback needs to show us that he has the poise and the confidence and the, uh, the leadership uh, factor, that, that it factor that you're looking for in your quarterbacks. He's got to be a great decision maker. Uh, he's got to play with uh, – a ton of uh, decisiveness can't be can't be on egg sales and questioning himself and and uh, he's got to be it's a it's a, a certain personality that plays that position uh, and plays it at a high level and that's that's what you're looking for and a guy that uh, will do what he's coached to do but will do, not just do what he's coached to do if you get a guy that only does what he's coached to do and can't improvise and extend plays and and make things happen, then, then uh, you're probably not going to be very good. So, so he's got to accept coaching and uh, do things uh, within the framework of how Andy wants them done. But there's plenty of times in a game where things break down; they don't happen just as as uh, they're supposed to. And you got to make a play, and and that ability to make that play is uh, is really crucial to determining who's going to be the guy. Next up is Dirk Facer, followed by Chris Camaroni with the Athletic. Hey, Kyle, it sounds like you, you could have the potential to have some extreme uh, depth at tight end. Could you just talk about that and then contrast that maybe with the wide receivers where you mentioned last week you might be a little thin losing Tyrone and then Jalen transferring. Contrast those two for me if you could. Sure. Uh, tight end, we've got uh, a well-stocked position group. Uh, it starts with uh, Brant Keithy and Cole Fotheringham, our two guys that played the vast majority of the snaps last year. Uh, we added Dalton Kincaid in that mix, as we've already talked about, and he's he's uh, really a, a, a top tier Pac-12 tight end in our opinion. He's we've got three guys that that uh, are really playing and good football and, and uh, have a high ceiling. Uh, Thomas Yasmin, one of the more pleasant surprises of fall camp. We had three or four uh, real pleasant surprises in fall camp, and Thomas has been one of those. He's 6'6 six, six and 250 pounds and can run a 4640. Saw him covering kickoffs last year and making a bunch of plays there, but but he's really progressed. He's a kid that never played football before he got here, so it's been a long uh, process for him to get to where he is, but he's still got three years of eligibility and, and uh, he has made a move. Ali Yamatalolo has found a role on the team. He's got he's doing some things for us in certain packages that, that uh, have been of help, and uh, that would be it. You know, those are the guys uh, with the a couple walk-on tight ends that are working hard. Uh, Solo Rosales, Bailey, uh, and he's he's a guy that that uh, is really uh, doing a good job for us as well. But in a backup role, a reserve role. And then about the uh, wide receivers, oh, yeah, like receivers. Yeah, you're right. Uh, also okay. Train thought there. Okay, wide receivers. Yeah, not not as deep as we were coming into the season. Um, Tyrone Smith being out, and it's a significant injury. He'll be out until. Uh, June, I believe it's going to be a while, so it'll be uh, pressing okay. up right into the next season. And uh, it's not something that happened that's brand new. It's just something that has been aggravating him and aggravating him and get a little bit worse, a little bit worse. Finally, we just said, you know what, got to get it fixed. And so he's going to be out for a while. And then, of course, Jalen uh, decided to, to uh, go elsewhere, which leaves us with uh, six guys that, that really 
are going to get the vast majority of the reps, maybe all the reps, and that is uh, Solo and Brian Thompson, Solo Enos and Brian Thompson, Brent Covey, uh, Vele uh, is, is also in the mix there and doing a great job. Um, Samson, you know, Samson is a guy that just keeps making play after play after play. And then uh, Money Parks, our freshman wide receiver that we just got this year. And then we have four or five walk-ons behind those guys that are all working hard and, and doing things. Cam Gardner, Kyrie Rowan, uh, Cotton, Macaluso. We've got some guys that are that are really working hard, but but uh, we'll see if they become game ready or not. They're not quite ready yet. But, uh, Dylan Slavitz, another kid that's uh, been with us for a few years that's working hard. But, but those first six are really the, the guys that uh, – the primary targets. Thanks, Cal. Okay. Next question goes to Chris Comrani, followed by Trevor Allen and Josh Newman. Kyle, where has Cam Rising made the biggest leap in his game going from last year as the scout team guy to now being in the mix for the starting job? Great question because he has really become a much better decision maker and taking care of the ball uh, quarterback. He was a little bit of a loose cannon last year and thinking he could force the ball in. Uh, when there was really no play there to be made, he has become the type of quarterback now that that uh, he has uh, been outstanding with his decision. He goes right through his progression. He goes through his progression very quickly. He goes from one to two to three in the blink of an eye and gets the ball out quick. And, and that's probably the biggest difference is he's much more decisive in his read progression, in his uh, decision-making, and taking much better care of the ball. He threw a lot more interceptions last year uh, than he did that he's had. He's been great this year as far as uh, not turning the ball over. And that's one of the uh, top things you're looking for in a quarterback. I mentioned all the attributes, but uh, not turning the ball over is right there near the top, if not the top. And just as a quick follow-up, what does going up against a defense like you guys had last year, him as the scout team guy, how does that help a quarterback progress as a, as a decision maker? Well, it'll make him progress or it'll make him quit the game, one of the two, because our defense last year was – phenomenal and uh he's still with us so we obviously didn't quit so he he learned a ton uh, and uh it was good for him to be the scout team quarterback last year he did a great job running that scout team and uh there couldn't be a better training ground for a qb than going against that defense next up is trevor allen Kyle, going into this scrimmage, you you mentioned there, there was a lot of young guys who who've really emerged throughout camp. As as you've now seen, at least uh, with your own eyes, without looking at the tape, are, uh, have, have have those younger guys made even bigger strides uh, in this scrimmage? Yes, they have. Uh, let's start with Ty Jordan, <clears throat> running back. Like I said, he's an explosive player. He's got he's built. Really, I mean, he's not very tall. He's five eight, five nine, but he's two hundred pounds or just a hair under. Uh, 10, 500 meter guy in high school. So he's got blazing speed and he has got a great uh, feel for, for angles and, and instinctiveness with when he runs the football, uh, when to cut, when to try to outrun somebody. Um, and he's got uh, great vision. He can, he can uh, see holes and, and uh, also very good out of the backfield, you know, catching the football. And I don't want to say that he's uh, going to be the, you know, the lead back, but he's, he's got a bright future. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see, Jaron Cup is doing a phenomenal job. You're going to see a lot of him. Uh, Nate Ritchie, uh, Tennessee Pututau, Tanoa Tongiai, Van Fillinger, X Carlton. Uh, we're just talking true freshmen now. I said Nate Ritchie. Uh, 
corner, uh, Clark Phillips. You know, that's that's a, an obvious from day one that he was going to be a, a factor. So there's going to be a bunch of freshmen that, that get a lot of playing time. Final two questions will come from Josh Newman and Josh Furlong. Kyle, um, aside from Devin Lloyd, did any of the veterans who you don't have any questions about, did any others not take reps today? Yeah, Brad Keithy sat out. Um, Mika Tafua sat out. Miana Mawale was limited. Mawala. Uh, Nick Ford was limited. Uh, all the receivers went. Uh, Cole Farlingham didn't take reps. Um, that's it. I think everyone else, uh, everyone else had a good dose of uh, playing time today. Quick follow-up. Um, I know that you said earlier in camp that Clark Phillips had been getting work both at the nickel and also outside. Is he continuing to get work at both spots at this point? Yeah, but he's more focused on outside now. We, we gave him a good dose of, of nickel earlier in camp, and then we shifted gears and given him more opportunity to play outside because we want our best three out there. And if he's one of the best three, then uh, that gives us some flexibility of where to play him. The nickel spot is more demanding, more difficult, both phys physically and mentally, at least in our scheme. It's tougher assignments, and so that's where we started them out initially and got them used to that. And uh, the transition from there to outside is much easier than going from outside to inside. And so he's uh, capable of playing either one, and if he's one of the best three in 14 days, he'll, he'll be starting uh, at one of the two spots. Thank you, Kyle. All right. Final question to Josh Furlong. Kyle, you said you've started to see some separation uh, in your offensive line. Do you feel like you have a, a solid five? And at that point also, where do you see Nick Forbes? Does he go to guard or is he a tackle? We have a solid uh, 10 and beyond. We travel with 10. It's going to be a tough decision of who 10 is because we've got 11 or 12 that we feel really good about right now. And, uh, you know, they just it's it, we expected this to happen. We expected that we could see it on paper and through recruiting uh, the last year and a half. And it's starting to come to fruition. I think I mentioned it several times last year. This whole line in time is going to be really good. And it's starting right now, in my estimation. Uh, second part of the question was about Nick Ford. What was it about? Yeah, are you, are you seeing him at tackle or at guard this year oh, based yeah. on the personnel? Well, again, kind of like Clark Phillips and the secondary, getting the best five guys out there. We're going to get the best five uh, at the offensive line. And right now, if we go with the lineup that we think we're going to go with, Nick will be at tackle. And so he, but he has this, he can play all five, as I mentioned before, and wherever we plug him in, uh, he'll be successful. But uh, we're at our best right now, in our opinion, and get the best combination with him anchoring that uh, left tackle spot. There's Kyle Woodenham. I think he sounds pretty bullish on the offense. I, I don't think, I maybe last year, maybe he was bullish on the offense last year this way, I would guess. But uh, even so, I don't think I've heard him like this. This is, uh, this is pretty intriguing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, BYU with another easy win. Isaiah Kafusi, easily the best postgame quote. You'll hear from him and head coach Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 52 to 14, just an absolute blowout for BYU as they annihilate Texas State. It was 35 to 7 at the half. Second half, Isaiah Kafusi with the uh, the pick six, and uh, he had quite the uh, post game interview session about that. Here's Isaiah Kafusi. Isaiah, in the second quarter, as the team you you held tech, your defense held Texas State to 13 total yards. What really clicked in the second quarter that kind of changed from the first quarter? What, what kind of adjustments did you guys make to have that kind of a success? Yeah, I think just uh, credit to Coach Tuiaki uh, up in the boost was, uh, you know, just being up there, I think, gave him a different perspective and uh, he can kind of see things from a different view and um, made, made some adjustments. But um, <clears throat> I think I think really it was the, the, the main emphasis was, hey, just settle down, like, they came out that first drive. We're doing some crazy things, um, caught us off guard, and made made a good adjustment. But um, you know, I think just once we kind of settle in and and played kind of our game, and, and that was kind of the biggest uh, reason why we were able to have that success. Isaiah, I heard you talking about it a little bit with Kalani there in the background. But uh, t- take us through that interception and and being able to house it and and take it back. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I try and visualize a lot of things. I'm a big believer in visualization and um, saw myself getting into the end zone, uh, texted a teammate of mine who wasn't at the game. And I said, Hey, I'm going to get a pick six for you as I'm you know driving to the stadium and um, told our camera guy, Hey, like I'm getting in the end zone tonight. Um, before that drive, I, I kind of brought the defense up and I said, Hey, look, like we need a big play. I said we need a sack or a touchdown or a pick or we just suck. Like we need it. We need to create a big play and, uh, you know, caught the ball. Um, it was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and was just determined to get in the end zone. How rewarding was it to be able to actually make it then? Oh, it was, it was, it was huge. Um, this is a great feeling in front of my family. Uh, you know, my family was in attendance and it, just to, to be there, uh, you know, to have that pick six in Lavelle stadium, um, will be a memory that I'll cherish forever. And, uh, yeah, just really, really pumped about it. Hope I looked as good as Fred Warner, though. That's what I was going to say, Isaiah. It was reminiscent of uh, Fred Warner's <laughs> pick six. Um, have you talked to him about that? That's been one of your dreams to be able to, you know, take it to the house like that. And then uh, also, I wanted to ask you about. You've always been a great player, but it seems like this season in particular, you've become a complete player. You've always been a lead in certain areas, but you've become a, truly a, a complete player, leading the team in tackles. Speak to that progress and, and how you were able to navigate becoming a complete player. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it just kind of goes back to quarantine um, when really like there was, it was, it was like no one was there to watch you. No one was there to force you to do anything. Um, and so I really had to dig deep and decide kind of who I wanted to be, um, how, how quarantine and how COVID would affect me. <clears throat> and kind of my mentality, you know, had the eyes kind of switched and, um, worked really hard. Uh, thankful for, for coaches who, I mean, Kalani, you know, during quarantine was, we were, we were always talking. I was always shooting questions. We were always watching film together. Like I just wanted to just become better, just better myself in all aspects of the game. And, um, <clears throat> quarantine was a huge blessing for me. Got my body, um, feeling really good, you know, was able to just really recover, um, and, and get my body in, in kind of a right, the right place and the right, um, you know, just feeling good. And so, um, that's kind of, yeah, just the process was 
putting in work every single day. Um, no one was watching and, and here, you know, the fruits of my labor are kind of coming through. So one last thing, another one of your teammates got a, a pick, uh, Jared Capisi, a kid who's played corner. He's played kicker. He's been a punter. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's like second string back and up Zane Anderson picks off a pass. How cool is it to see? Oh, that's awesome. He's that. also, he's also my barber. So I, I had to give him some extra love. Um, might have to tip him a little bit more to this next haircut, but man, just super excited that, that kid, I mean, you know, walk on, um, has been there, works super hard. Um, just, just really proud of him. That's awesome. That was so cool. I was, I was jumping around. I, I cut, I probably, I think I ran on the, I thought he was down. I started running on the field, I think before they even blew the whistle, but, uh, and, and you see the reaction too of all of our teammates, um, you know, just surrounding him just because we know kind of his story, what he's been through and uh, just kind of the brother he is to us. Yeah, Zay, I wanted to ask you guys that first drive, they go down the field, they're using like that formation where they've got the tackles out wide. How different yeah. was that? Was it the first time you'd ever seen something like that? And how did you guys adapt to it? Yeah, I mean, Kalani had alluded to it too, that we practice stuff like that. Um, and, and we, we just, you know, we're, we're prepared for it and we try and, you know, um, just kind of have our own defense and, and just being able to adjust to that formation. But, uh, you know, they really took advantage. They came out and um, <clears throat> did a great job, I think, of just kind of just kind of making us unsettled a little bit. Um, just just didn't really know what was going on. And you can tell that they, you know, I practiced that and they were really prepared. And uh, we were maybe a little underprepared, but just credit to our coaches again. You know, they, they did a great job at adjusting. And really, I don't think they could – could have done anything. You know, I, I think they would have been better off just playing normal offense. They've got great players. Um, I don't think that they really needed to, to kind of do that. And, you know, they got a score out of it, but I, I feel like they could have just done a little bit better without it. Isaiah, I'm curious, you guys as defense have yet to give up a single point after a turnover uh, through six games tonight. A fumble sets up Texas state deep in your territory and you hold them, uh, force them to turn it over on downs and then the interception, you guys force them to punt. What has been the reason for that and how you guys have been able to buckle down following uh, turnovers by the offense? Yeah, that's a great question and, and great, brings up a great point. I mean, we, as a team, I think this is kind of one of the biggest indicators um, of how great our team is, right? Like we, we, we've told the offense from day one that we're going to be, we're going to back them up. Like, there have been years past when, when things are kind of going bad um, defense kind of we're, we're hanging our heads like, Oh crap, like another pick. But uh, you know, we've told them be aggressive, do your thing. We'll back you up no matter what. And so, you know, you, if you go back and watch that film and, and watch the defense, take the field after that fumble, I mean, you, you just, that's the mentality that we have. You, you'll see the mentality that we have and um, offense does the same thing. I mean, you know, we give up those, you know, we have, we've had, I think the last two games, those two long drives, right. Where we're all out on the field, uh, 16 plays or 18 plays and they're driving, you know, 90 plus yards. Um, the offensive guys are the first guys to be like, don't worry. Like we got you guys. And, um, just, just a big indicator, at least to me, it's kind of how our team is and, and the mentality of our team and the closeness of our team. There's Isaiah Kafusi. Now here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Happy we got the win. Um, started off a little rough. I think, uh, Texas state had, you know, they, they um, had some new wrinkles in their scheme that we haven't seen all year long. And so, um, you know, we, we were able to adjust. That first uh, drive, though, was uh, went kind of quick. 
Um, and, and wish we could have got that one back, but, um, you know, we, we kind of have our defense set up that if we get that type of look that we're ready for, but um, we didn't we didn't know it was going to be. You know, usually, it's one or two plays. This one, they kind of bent went on it for most of the night. Did a, did it a lot where they sent the tackles out, and did a lot of white splits, different things like that that we haven't seen. So, a lot of credit to Texas State for being innovative and creative and finding ways to. Um, get the ball down the field and, and get a score early. Uh, glad our guys settled down. Our offense was able to keep playing and, and stay on top of it and get some points on the board and give us some time to um, to make some adjustments to the scheme. And love the way our guys respond all night. And, uh, you know, looking forward to fixing some of the things that we can improve on from this week and play better next week against Western Kentucky. So uh, any questions you guys have, I'll be happy to answer it. Kalani, it was a, a tie game and you faced a Ford and, uh, fourth and three decision from the 30 yard line within old droids range and you elected to go for it ended up getting the I think the I think it was the 33 and ended up getting that touchdown to Keanu Hill how big of a play was that the decision to go for it on fourth down we know you like to do that but how nice was it to see it work out like that yeah I mean I, I... I have a lot of faith in our players and, and um, you know, it's early in the game where we feel like there's still a lot of time and um, there, there's an opportunity for us to, you know, when you look at it and you try to plan everything, you try to have everything organized. I think you go with your instincts and you go with um, what you've seen on the field and you kind of go with, with your players on the field and trust them. And so I trust uh, coach Grimes and Hey Rod and the offensive coaches. And I trust the players that are executing. And I think if we execute well and, uh, we're, we're a really tough team to stop. So um, that's probably why you saw us go for that and why you saw us do a little, you know, be a little aggressive on the fourth downs. Bonnie, you saw a lot of football in your life. Have you ever seen a throw like the one that Zach made across the field to Dax Milne for the touchdown? I think I, if I got it right, it was right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, a really strong arm. And um, it, it We've seen we've seen him do that over and over and over again. It's it's nothing new to how how strong his arm is, and and uh, I'm just glad that he was able to make that throw. I, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks try to make that throw and end up throwing it short, and um, it's nice. I, I, it was a pinpoint throw. I, I had to look at it on film again, but uh, I, I was happy with a lot of the things that we did offensively with Zach and some of the decision-making that he made. Uh, there's a few passes that I know he wishes he had back, but uh, he was able to capitalize, make some make some nice throws. And, um, you know, we were able to get some some looks at other guys uh, on the field and, and um, give them some valuable reps that I think will, will be will pay off a lot of, a lot in, in the future. So um, just happy we got the win. I, I, I was – I still keep thinking about things that we want to improve on. That's, that's my mindset is just thinking about things that we can get better. Then I wanted to ask you about the the punt that Ryan Rico kept. Was that all on his own? <clears throat> yeah, I think he he um, you know when when you're looking at we haven't shown rugby punt much, and then that was our our, our rugby punt. I mean, we haven't punted a lot, and so when when Rico, who's got a great leg, we were able to. Uh, you know, a few times tonight, punt the ball. He, we have that rugby, and if it's there, then he takes it. Uh, I mean, personally, I wish he would just would have kicked it. You know, that's that's just me. But um, he did exactly what we coached and why we had that scheme. But I, I talked to Coach Spav afterwards and apologized for it wasn't anything disrespectful or with any kind of intent to run up score or anything. It was just something that he's just used to seeing in practice. I mean, we did that to our scout team uh, a few times. When he sees it, we trust Rico. He's a great athlete. Um, in that situation, I, I don't know if it, it was uh, 
that's on that's on me. I should have been more wise in telling him to just go ahead and punt it again, punt the ball. But he has a he has a highlight now that that Johnny Linehan will be really jealous of. So, um, <laughs> uh, but you know he he shows his athleticism and his speed, and uh, he was really happy. It was just one of those things that that's not that's not anything that we try to do on purpose. Try to. Um, showboat or try to you know get one up and so i apologize to texas state for that but um we'll just learn and next time i'll be better as a coach and make sure to teach them to you know just punt the ball next time kalani uh your first two drives went for 86 yards and 90 yards having those long scoring drives there in the first quarter how, how much did that help in terms of allowing your defense time to adjust because in the second quarter you only allowed 13 total yards yeah it was really valuable for us to have that time we, we needed to make adjustments um our scheme and and, and you know elisa Tuyaki did an amazing job organizing it from from the box and, and uh preston hadley and and Janelle Guilford and um ed lamb you know with them along with our gas and analysts did a great job at at uh, trying to establish what we we're going to do because it's, it's just something that we weren't expecting that type of offense, you know, and, and I think that, uh, and I didn't know that they're, they're going to do it so much. We, we kind of thought that we, every week we plan on seeing some things that we make stuff up just in case. And this is one of those moments where it was like, not only did they do it, but they did it a lot. And so we had to get things organized and we needed that time. If, if it would have been a quick three and out, I, I don't know um, if we would have been able to get it. Um, communicated and drawn up on on the cards and drawn up on the board, so so our guys can see what we're actually trying to do. And we actually went into it with a different scheme to that that we practiced. If we did ever see it, we do that every week. But um, we had to change, go on on the fly and change it up. And, and uh, E saw something that he thought would be better. He and Ed, and then they just dis discussed it with uh, with Preston and and, and uh, Guilford. And, and uh, I liked I like what they did. I mean that's. The, the proof is what we did the rest of the time. Now I'm still upset about that 98 yard drive. I just, we got to stop downing the ball on the two yard line then because it's been, we're over two now stopping teams going on that long drive, you know, but there's a lot of things that our guys have learned from in that, in that drive. But uh, I just, and then obviously they, those guys came back and, and, and forced, forced a turnover and played strong. And uh, I'm just really proud that those guys were able to bounce back from after that, giving up that touchdown. <clears throat> Yeah, Coach, I wanted to ask you, in terms of you said those reps in the second half, you know, those second stringers, third stringers in the game, very important. What can be taught from those reps going off of that type of a performance? Well, you, you look at the way they respond in the game, and it, 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 everything works when you practice it, you know, and you're going against a scout team. So the, the, the fact that we saw real speed, they stuck with their, their ones during that time, you know, and uh, it's it's just to see if, if, if our guys uh, can overcome basically the live reps, the fog of war, that 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 mindset of like being on the field. I think it's easy to say that guys can will do it and perform on the on the field, but it's a different deal when the when the lights are on and you're in front of people and and it's moving a lot faster. So that's that's the it was good that we were able to get those looks and then it, it, you know it was really good that we were able to get the. Uh, the ones, the leaders on our team to get out there and, and support those guys on the field. And I saw great leadership on our sidelines. I saw, you know, guys um, just really being being out in front and cheering for their boys. And we saw some mistakes, but I love the way the guys responded back and came back and, and were able to get a stop off of that fumble, you know, off of the, the snap and then in the deep in the red zone. And then 
gave up a drive, but then came back and forced a turnover, got a pick, and um, you know ended the game. So I, I really pleased with the guys, and it's worth the yards and, and that we gave up uh, to get our guys those reps. Kalani, fourteen different receivers uh, had had receptions tonight on a night with uh, without Gunnar Romney. Was that kind of by maybe designed to, to divvy up uh, the the pass uh, attempts to receivers without Gunnar in the game? I think that's just how it kind of worked out. I thought, um, you know, looking at Zach and, and even Baylor, the way they spread the ball out, we were able to get some guys in the game. And, uh, and obviously we, we got some good looks at some younger guys. Um, but, uh, you know, we just kept our offense rolling a little bit. And I'm just happy that those guys got the – a lot of them got their first time, first really live reps and with the ball in their hands. So it was, it was good stuff. Good stuff. It was good to see Sionifi now back on the field again and – and keep getting Miles Davis some opportunities to run the ball and get some of those young old linemen on the field too. So it was really good, valuable stuff for us. And, and get Baylor some opportunities to throw the ball, even though there was a – did he throw a pick on the on in here? Yeah, so obviously some things to work on. But uh, we'll just – it's just good. It's just good where you're just not – you know, you're, you're able to throw the ball a little bit and just play regular football with those guys against a, a fast look. Stuff that you can't get in practice. Mentioned Sione, also Hank Tuipelotu uh, made his debut. Uh, can those yeah, that's right. moving forward factor into what you guys do offensively? Yeah, and, and you know um, it's just good to see Hank. He he battled back from some you know the injuries and and same with Sione. And those guys are able to get on the field. And Keanu Saliapanga, good to get Tristan back on the field too. And uh, just nice to have our guys and, and be a little bit stronger with our with our numbers. So. Um, yeah, we just get those guys rolling and get some competition going and, and make sure that our, our teams are rolling deep and that we can we know we have guys that we can count on with a lot of experience. Coach, I'm curious what kind of the thought process is behind pulling the starters and bringing in the backups. Is that something that, you know, you guys go into a game thinking if you reach a certain point threshold uh, that you'll pull the starters? Or how do you go about making that decision of when to pull the starters and bring in some of the younger guys? I mean, it's kind of a balance between what's best. You know, if you're looking at the first part of the season, we really didn't have our our starters play an entire game. And so, you know, I think UTSA, they played the entire game. And then, and then obviously the Houston game they did. So that, that was kind of brand new for us. And, and uh, so we had those two games to, to let those guys play the entire game. And then now it's just, I, I really feel like it's really valuable for us and, when you're dealing with with the uh, with COVID, and you never know who, if a guy's going to be pulled out of the lineup or not, I really believe that the for us right now this year, yeah, let's get those guys as valuable reps as possible. And I, I, all I care about is when we we're winning the game, we feel like we have it under control. Is is uh, giving them those valuable reps as much as possible, and if it costs us some yards and even some points, it's, I think it's really worth it. It's, it's the investment is is worth it for our guys and. We were able to do that in the past. We've been able to do that in the past and get more guys reps, and it's paying off. And, and when guys they're not getting in the, on the field, when it's like they know the game's under control, but now they're getting valuable reps and, and getting that experience. It means a lot. I mean, that's that 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 stuff is. You, you, I said it before. You can't simulate it, so we're gonna take advantage of it as much as possible. I really don't care about all how all the stats line up. I don't care about where we line up with, you know awards and all the accolades and all that stuff. The win is all that matters and keeping our team as deep as possible. Uh, yeah, Coach, you probably had to figure that somebody was going to ask this question, but what did you think of the crowd and finally having the fans back and the, the band, the cheerleaders, all that kind of pomp and circumstance? 
It was awesome. It was so good to see our fans. I mean, it was good to see our fans last week in, in Houston, at Houston, but um, good to see our fans here. They made a lot of noise. Um, the the number that we I mean, I'm pretty sure we had we used all six thousand tickets. You know, so uh, lot, all that six thousand that came, they made a lot of noise. I'm really happy that they were be able to enjoy the game and and this. You know, it's first that we've had a lot of games without fans, so that was a lot of fun. And just really thankful that they were able to be here and, and so late and stayed after and cheered our guys on even when the game was uh, easily um, in control. So thank you to all the fans and looking forward to seeing all our fans who get here and, and fill this place up as soon as we get things right. So appreciate all the fans. It means a lot to us. Kalani, the, you hadn't been able to force a lot of turnovers this year, but Isaiah gets his hands on the ball and then takes it to the house. And that's that's got to be fun to see a guy like uh, Isaiah be able to to have that type of a moment. He willed that to happen. He's, he's been waiting for that for a long time. And I knew once he caught the ball, it was going to be gone. And uh, you talk about a, a great student of the game. Um He's so smart. I wish I could take his brain and, and put it in all of our players. This football IQ is amazing. His instincts are amazing. And the things that he does as a player, I've been so impressed with. And, and such an honor for me to coach him. I mean, we have a great relationship. I, our coaches and our players have a great relationship with each other. And, and uh, be able to collaborate with him and talk with him. He's got a great mind. And just love that his will was able to – he, he, he kind of knew it was going to happen. He kind of been talking about it all week. And so uh, when that happened, it was watch out. I, you know, you got, you got to see some of this athleticism that he had back in the day in Brighton when he used to run the ball a little bit, you know. So uh, we're trying to create more. I mean, obviously, I don't think we, we had not a lot of opportunities to get sacks. Um, McBride ran around all over the place, and he's got tons of speed. But, um, you know, he scrambled around. And, and then other than that, they were getting rid of the ball really quick. And when they did their Daffy Duck stuff, it just caught us. Uh, in a bad spot where we really couldn't get a lot of pressure on him. We had to be mindful of the RPOs and the, the quick throws downfield. So uh, it's unique. We just keep playing and hopefully we'll capitalize on op other opportunities to, to get turnovers and to get more disruption and more sacks. But uh, really pleased with the amount of disruption that we had this, this game and turnovers and big stops and things like that. So we'll just keep improving and hopefully Isaiah can spread the love with his pick sixes and turn and, I'm sure he'll do as many as he can, but I'm sure he, he'd love to share the, the mojo with the rest of the group. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines, the World Series, the NFL. We'll get to it all next. Stay with us.